0: my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit.
1: They're here. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy?
0: yippee ki motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another
1: episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host and very good friend is Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week?
0: Well, Dave, this is your pick. It's a movie that I've never, ever seen, Dave. And we're going back to 1987. Michael Douglas, Charlie Sheen, Daryl Hannah, Martin Sheen, Dave, and... General Zod Terran Stamp. So we are going to be reviewing Wall Street. So Dave, do you or have you ever seen this movie?
1: I have, and it's one of those. I'd, I'd watched it with my mum and dad probably, and we would got it out on video. I remember watching it, and I don't know why it's... <laughs> Chris, I'm, I'm like not even 10 at this point, but there was something captivating about it. And... Not having any idea about what the actual stock market was or what the hell's going on there's just something hypnotic in particular Michael Douglas's performance as Gordon gecko. I just remember standing out for me and just thinking, "Fucking hell this this guy is badass you know, and I know he's you're not supposed to root for the baddie, but he was just such a great twat you know he's just <laughs> a great baddie, and so um Yeah. Now I've only seen it the once. And the thing is, as you've gone through adult life in particular, whenever you get any like financial news, like in 2008 with the whole crash and everything, I always tend to think back to this movie and like the the greed of like brokers and people trying to manipulate the market and things like that. And, you know, even now you know with uh with kind of what's happening and that with the the whole bloody mini budget last year <laughs> you know yeah. you end up with stuff happening on graphs you know on with stocks and everything with bonds and it fucking it, it affects your day-to-day life doesn't it but it's such a an abstract thing still to me now even though i'm dabbling a little bit but um yeah so i I just remember liking it without really understanding it but you know like I say i, I mean the the, the the greed is good speech in particular gets replayed over and over again doesn't it and he gets referenced yeah. back and i know they did do a follow-up movie didn't they but i've not seen that one i don't i suppose i will watch it at some point but yeah so i mean did, were you even aware of this one Oh yeah, hundred percent aware of it. I
0: remember it was massive when we were like kids, weren't we? So we would have been—I would mm. have been nine when this came out, so nine, ten years old. I think he's got one of the most iconic VHS covers because you knew straight away what the movie was. You know the yeah the, the way it's set, uh, but very similar to—I would say very similar VHS, almost Goodfellas in some respect, Dave. Mm. I, I never forget it. Always oh, there, Charlie Sheen, Michael. Douglas Overy shoulder, and then Daryl Hannah. So, so I, I always remember it, but just I think because it didn't have explosions, it didn't have a fucking mullet in it, you know, Mel Gibson style. Um, <laughs> there was no one cracking jokes like Eddie Murphy. I just wasn't a movie that interested me i think if my grandparents like my mum's dad he genuinely liked stuff like this he's only got me to like the godfather and things like that you know when i was a kid so you'd watch these sort of movies and he he was the grandparent um he's still with us just but he was the grandparent who would let us watch any rated movies dave whereas my other grandparents i'd like you know i'd watch all the martial arts ones when i said he used to get mm. so annoyed and go pick what you want but <laughs> As I said about, we haven't done it yet. But Pulp Fiction, you know, there's certain scenes in that where basically, you know, they weren't they weren't prepared to watch it, especially the first five minutes when um, she's like, yeah, "I'm going to kill every last motherfucking one." Yeah. You know? So I had <laughs> it that. Gets so worse than that. <laughs> well, we know exactly. I think I told the story about that. But um, yeah, so so this would have been a movie I'd have probably sat down with with him and watched. But yeah, it just never interested me. Never one that i thought i've got to watch it however i'm fully aware of gordon gecko he's, he's sort of like as i always say about the vhs it's proper in that sort of zeitgeist everyone sort of knows from our area who the character is you know what he's about maniacal he's been parodied on loads of things and, and people have even uh, used him as an inspiration for characters in other movies when it's based around wall street and that so so yeah so mm. Interesting to watch it, and obviously, with it being an Oliver Stone movie as well, I was like, well, he never usually misses. So, uh, yeah, mm. good pick, I think.
1: Yeah, and, you know, so loads of people uh, apparently would come up to Michael Douglas and say how much they loved his character. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of hero-worshipped him, and he was like, no, you've missed the point. <laughs> you're, yeah. of, you're not supposed to like me, um, but people like who ended up working in the city, you know, on Wall Street and stuff, would would say, you know, you you were the inspiration, and he was like, well, that's fucking terrible. You you don't you don't watch Star Wars and decide to become a Nazi, do you? You know, <laughs> you, you might you might appreciate Darth Vader for being the baddie, you know, you know being a great baddie, but you don't try and emulate him. <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre one, that. And I, I, I did, I, when I was doing some of the research, I, I stumbled across this, this guy who'd worked in the city before and he was doing a bit of a talk about Wall Street and stuff. And he, he actually blamed, you know, that kind of uh, movement. You know, people coming out with that mindset, he blamed the 2008 crash on this, not on the movie, but people's interpretation of the movie, which I think is a bit of a stretch. But you know, it's definitely not good. If you've got people watching this and thinking, "Christ, that—that's the sort of career I want," you know, <laughs> <laughs> and not the shopping the inside uh, insiders. You know, actually being one, it's like, "Fucking hell, that's that's not going to end up well, is it?"
0: No, and and I think Wolf of Wall Street, for me, unbelievable film. You know, like, more recent, what a film that is. You know, but again, it's a similar character, not as horrible as Gordon Gecko, but I think his character, Leo DiCaprio's character, driven... One way, Dave, money maker. You've got the gift of the gab. You know, really, there was all sorts going on there. That's a great film. That's like, the, in some respect, love that's the, yeah. I love it. I mean, Margot Robbie is fucking god <laughs> god tier in that. Oh well, my she got god. she got
1: the Holly Quinn role pretty much based on that because she yeah. had such a great kind of Brooklyn accent. And uh, yeah, it, but I tell you what, that is probably my favorite reface. I'm sure Blake did it, didn't he, with the fucking yeah. scene with the <laughs> It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> such a brilliant scene. And apparently, he was ad libbed that, you know. Oh, and when it? Leonardo DiCaprio's looking around, he's literally looking around at the set, like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what a film.
0: I remember the first scene, I was like, I won't we'll go too graphic. I'm going to be like, what's going? holy shit what the hell's going on here literally but anyway yeah let's not talk about that but we uh, should
1: do that as a late fees (laughs) great film we let um we let our top guns pick our our late fees obviously but I I think we need to carve some time aside where we can pick one as well I'll do that 100%
0: but uh, anyway Dave shall we get into the
1: trailer let's go from the director of platoon the next battle is in the greatest jungle of them all wall street
0: we're going down the drain okay the stock is plummeting when it hits 18
1: buy it all something big is going down i want you to fill out the missing picture mr gecko that's not exactly what i do where you can trade your honor i can lose my license that's inside information for power if you're not inside you are outside i want you with me buddy i'm with you gordon trade your peace of mind just the beginning pal any trouble does arise you are on your own the trail does stop with you for a piece of the action a hundred million dollars buddy all it takes is a little inside information i don't care where or how you get it i think you owe me and you can trade everything you believe in your you but you're too blind to see it for everything you've ever wanted uh, i got a strange call from the scc this is heavy bud why do you need to wreck this company because it's wreckable all right michael douglas charlie sheen Daryl Hannah, Martin Sheen, and Oliver Stone film, Wall Street. In 1985, Bud Fox is a junior stockbroker at Jackson Stenheim & Co. in New York City. He wants to work with his hero, Gordon Gekko, a legendary Wall Street player. After calling Gekko's office 59 days in a row trying to land an appointment... Bud visits Gecko on his birthday with a box of Gecko's favourite contraband Cuban cigars. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? Well, you know what, Dave? It's quite interesting. You know, you know what? We always talk about like how uh, we've both been to New York,
0: love New York. I've got Buddy Arm covered in some New York tattoo stuff. I, I genuinely, you know, you see the Twin Towers front and centre because the yeah. Twin Towers, right in the financial district, anybody who's been to New York... It's all about Wall Street, all that area. They, you know, there's probably like a mile square of, of where everything is. It's a really interesting place. And you've watched so many films over the years with this in. This is probably the pinnacle of it all. And it starts quite eerie and it's got that like mid 80s feel to it. And, I, and I'm just as someone who loves looking at like how cities change over the years and things like mm. that. I, you know, it's sad to see obviously the Twin Towers there and everything. But I've got to say, Dave, you've picked this one. Two hours, six minutes. It's two (laughs) hours, six minutes of Charlie Sheen, who's fucking rubbish as an actor. He's garbage. (laughs) His dad's in it. He can act. Charlie Sheen has got the biggest fucking meal ticket ever. We've covered about Two or three movies now with him in, and I always thought he was pretty cool. I think that his best fucking part was probably in Ferris Bueller's Day Off because he says fuck all and just acts mean <laughs> and moody. He is shit in this. He gets on my fucking nerves. He reminds me of that David character in the bloody rookie we played, fucking martial yeah. arts expert. Well, he's, he's basically Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Charlie Sheen, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that his dad plays his dad in it, which he's, so yeah. he's calling him dad in it. It's pretty he, an easy fix for him, but. Honestly, I think Michael Douglas is class in this. You know, I think he's really good. Gordon Gecko's a great guy. Fucking Charlie Sheen is utter (laughs) shit, Dave. He's one of the worst actors ever for me. I hate watching him now. When I see him in these movies, he's fucking bobbing. He's a slick back haircut. Trying to be fucking, you know, like he's trying to burst onto the scene there. You know, he's trying to do all this. Yeah, I found it a real struggle to watch this. Not because I like the idea behind it all. But they fuck it, he's rubbish Dave. I'm sorry, I not know if you picked this, but he's fucking terrible. But anyway, <laughs> that's what I think at the start of this fucking movie, for the rest of it within minutes, <laughs> rubbish.
1: Well, Chris. <laughs> so I, I, I say I don't really disagree with you on Charlie Sheen. I I and that was one of the points I was gonna raise. I don't think it's too bad. For most of the movie, like the, the interaction he has with Marvin, I quite like. Yes. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. the guy from Scrubs. Um, but Chris, it's scooching on to the end of the movie a bit, and then we'll come back. But it's when he gets arrested and he starts crying, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh. Oh no, that is not good. That is (laughs) terrible. That'd be like me and you if it was like, right, act like you're crying now. Okay, okay. It's was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like terrible. Oh, that is the worst acting I've I've seen since fucking No Treat, No Surrender Three.
0: Uh, how dare you?
1: How <laughs> dare you?
0: I hope you're referring to the dad, Dave. I thought that's that's the only one. How dare you slag the Alexander brothers
1: off? <laughs> the dad, uh, yeah, I'm sure he was baby's dad, wasn't he? And he <laughs>
0: fucking Yeah, <laughs> no, that is a,
1: a fucking deep cut isn't it that is yeah. for the for the hardcore listeners um but i think charlie sheen he looks the part though isn't he, oh, he does, he's such yeah. a great looking bloke and that is why he, he had real star quality around this time i mean if you look at it he had a really short window where he was one of the hot properties in Hollywood, you know, and and this was one of the films that got him up there. I mean, it was really Platoon that kind of jettisoned him 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 into stardom, and you know this as a follow up, and then he he had of other things, obviously, but then he ends up doing stuff like Hot Shots, and it kind of fizzles out a little bit for him. Yeah, but it- I like how it it projects that kind of young, hungry stockbroker, you know, he 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 knows he wants to make it to the top and he's gonna do whatever it takes and it's because he's kinda he's got this inside track with his dad. Now to be fair, his dad shouldn't be telling him that shit either. Right. So his dad tells him about this deal that's gonna be settled, you know, the union are gonna settle it with the airline and stuff. So Bud Bud Fox, what fucking name (laughs) <laughs> Bud's got this insider information which will impact the stock price. you know, so once when you've got these court cases hanging over companies, you know investors don't really like it, so they stay away. Once all that's settled, they're like, right, okay, we can invest again. So it tends tends to drive up uh, demand and so the price goes up. So he has that insider information. And so gecko's not really that bothered about Bud Fox. There's, there's yeah. probably a, a, a thousand other stockbrokers just like him. But the fact that he has this insider information and he's quite keen to just give it up, and he knows he's tenacious, I, I thought it was quite believable how he, he eventually managed to get in his inner circle there.
0: Yeah, I, I, look, I, honestly, Dave, I think the idea, and what was interesting, did you see at the end, it was almost like the movie was sort of based on Oliver Stone's dad. Because he's dedicated oh, yeah, to his dad, yeah. so whether these are this is the sort of stuff his dad's told him, and he's gone with a story. I'm not, read, I'm not read up on it, so I can't dingy. But it was interesting that he'd done that. But yeah, I, no, honestly, this sort of stuff goes on all the time. You know, like I know this is the '80s, but exactly that he's the big shark. You know, with all the little fishes, aren't? There? And they're all trying to catch catch him and get get involved with him. I mean, I could do this doing the Seagulls follow the trawler if you want, Dave. But um, but,
1: I don't know. (laughs) I think we should talk about Man United for a little bit more. Hey,
0: you've got no (laughs) fucking room to talk. (laughs) Yeah, it's but weird.
1: I mean, it, when you've just been freshly dicked 3-0, you know, it's, well. it's, there's something appetizing about speaking about it then. Yeah, there isn't, Dave. <laughs> let's, let's
0: not talk about it. But uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I think the idea, you're right, and the, like, is this written really, it reminds me a little bit, you know, like footballers and that. And we know that footballers get tapped up, Dave, because how do they understand yeah. when someone wants to go somewhere? It's all this unwritten rule. And my friend, I, I've told you about for before, his lad, he, he was playing for City and then he went to United. Old thingy, but... but Premier League, Dave, let's check your phone. Let's check. They had to check everything, everything of all the things to make sure. But it's like everyone knows that you speak like on the TV, Gary Neville, and that's like, how do you think these players say, yeah, I want to move to A, B, and C or whatever? You, you, it, it, and this is what this is about. Like th- these businesses are dictated by people like Gecko. I find it really fascinating as a movie, mm. and it shows that somebody creating a false rumor as well can drive stock up. Or down, yeah. up, you know, and and so I, honestly, as a movie, I think it's a great movie. It's just Charlie Sheen gets on me fucking tits name all the way yeah. through it. But Gordon Gecko, great character, Michael K, uh, Michael K. Michael Douglas, he, he can play the goody, but he's always <laughs> Stop selling those bloody and stocks. He, he, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: that's a good impression. That name, I'm not even going to lower myself. Cause I'm terrible, stuff like that. But but no, that's a that's a good one. That but he genuinely. It, it's so iconic. And I think he plays baddies better when he's got a bit of an edge about it. Even when he played yeah. that Nick out of basic instinct, you know, great film. By the way, yeah, 30, yeah. 37 oh, minutes have
1: to do that one. as well. well.
0: So my like 37 minutes in and uh, anyway, I know all the timelines from being a kid, but, um, he, he, when he's got an edge about him, he's good. And I, yeah. I think this is, this is for me, one of his best roles other than falling down, which
1: is fucking unbelievably. Oh, but yeah. But uh, yeah. Falling down. He was great. I agree. As bad as Charlie Sheen is. And, and again, I don't think his acting is noticeable for most of the movie. It's just that end crying bit. But <laughs> Michael Douglas is just brilliant. Yes, He's so, glass. so good in this. And I love the interaction between him and General Zod as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know what? It's like five years or so or six years after freaking Superman. And I'm, di- I'm like... Oh, he's got grey. I mean, it's probably like me. He's 5'6", six I'm proper grey now. But he's like, oh, he looks a bit old. But he plays a great part in this Terran stamp, doesn't he? He's, he's like a big yeah. fish, like Gecko, isn't he? It's really good.
1: But he... I, I like the interaction as well, because Gordon Gecko, he's like self-made man. He's like new money, isn't he? Yes. And then um, Larry the liquidator. So <laughs> yes. basically, you know, he's, he's similar or, or you almost see that Gecko's got a bit of an inferiority complex. You know, he, he thinks he, he sees him as like the, the old, or almost like this British royalty type character. But he's like, you've got to stick up his arse. You know, he, he he's going to be better than him. But you can see underlying to that, he feels a little bit inferior to him as well. Yeah. And I love this interaction where they're trying to, uh, you know, uh, Bud has got, you know, he's got the lowdown. He's, he's been uh, sort of following him around, hasn't he? Following Larry around and seeing what he's up to. And so, the, you know, they can buy some of these stocks or at least buy options on the stocks. Um, and Larry's, you know, in a bit of a pickle there. And he, he actually, apparently, rather than liquidate the company, he wants to uh, build it back up again. I think it was a steel company, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, you know, this whole tense interaction and you know this pissing contest between them almost. I just thought it was fascinating. And um obviously, you know, that all plays in later on, doesn't it? Because it almost gets to a heist level, you know, where you know they've got a plan to take down Gecko, but all these things have to happen. And, you know, the timing has to be right on as well. And so, yeah, I I thought it was really good. And so I I did think Terrence Stamp played a really good role as well.
0: He did, but you've hit on a good point, Dave. I'm going to shit on this now. Fucking Charlie Sheen, bud investigates, private investigator, <laughs> on his motorbike, driving around everywhere, following <laughs> yeah. fucking Larry. And he goes to the airport. Where's he going? And he's like, yeah, and he, he's that steel I'm just reading it now. But he, he when he says to him, like, uh, where's he gone? He's gone. To, and straight away, he's like, we could have gone on holiday. Goes back to Gecko. He's gone to Fingy. Anacosteel, right. Let's do it. And I'm like, Charlie Sheen's <laughs> popping up. He's got a suit on, putting his fucking helmet on. And then he's getting on his motorbike. And it's like, <laughs> he stood right across the road from where Larry and everyone's, you know, comes out of his hotel and all this. It's very strange. I know, And I'd be really interested. I need to research this afterwards. Cause I know it's one of these movies that has sort of stuck with me, having watched it. And I, I know I'm going to go down one of my fucking rabbit holes with it. That's the problem. But did like, Characters in real life like Charlie Sheen actually do this shit. Because obviously the internet's a great source of information these days. It's a lot easier to access things and that. But... I'm thinking, was this what they did, these stock Did they have to go and sort of look like semi-private detectives to find out on stocks and shares and that? It seemed really excessive, Dave. It really was interesting. However, I've got to say, Terrence Stamp invented Wi-Fi internet, Dave, because he's on a <laughs> fucking yacht looking at stocks and shares on his computer. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how he did that, because the internet hadn't In 1987. been 1987. <laughs> but he's on his fucking yacht with his little fucking BBC computer, and I'm like, well, that's not fucking real. How's that? How does he see stocks and shares? So that was a little bit of continuity I spotted. But yeah, I'm really fascinated why he ended up becoming like this in private investigator. But it was really extreme. And maybe that's what you've got to do if you want to become the big fish. I don't know. But yeah, what a great, great, great story behind the whole movie, Dave. I've got to say.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, so to your Oliver Stone point, I think. And I don't know, don't know for sure, but there's an older guy in the brokerage who is trying to advise yes. Bud yeah. and, and, you know, saying, I don't know what you're doing, kid, but, you know, it's all short-term. It never lasts for the long-term, and it, and it doesn't. I, I kind of feel like that fatherly figure – might be, you know, something of, of Oliver Stone's dad in there. I, I, yeah. I don't think he'd do the, I don't think he'd do the movie if his dad was Bud Fox or <laughs> Gordon Gecko. So <laughs> that's why I think it, yeah, because he only comes and, and delivers some sage-like advice every now and then. This old guy doesn't yeah, he? He does, so that's, yeah. That's that's what makes me think it, it might be his dad. But I mean, I, so I have no idea. Did this stuff go on? I don't think in like this exact sense so when he was in the restaurant in particular i was thinking well if you had a camera at a different angle you would see that your bud fox is about 10 yards away from larry yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all just staring at him and yeah. it'd be the awkwardest thing and everyone in the restaurant would be like "Fox, fuck's that guy just stood there looking at him yeah <laughs> you know it'd be weird but um I think these young stockbrokers are fucking young and hungry. They work all the hours, and they will bend the rules. Real- fucking look at Nick Gleason. Oh, fucking hell. That must have been about this time, wasn't it? Yeah, he was one of the biggest ever, wasn't he, Dave? Insider trading Isn't and all that he did. The most most famous one. Well, I, yeah. I think the problem was he, he was just consistently gambling and making up figures. So I don't think it was insider trading that he was doing. I think it was just... He was declaring profits that hadn't been made, and he kept gambling and gambling, and the stock market just kept going against him. So he ended up taking down, was not it, the Lehman Bank or something, yeah, yeah. Lehman Brothers Bank. So you know, I, th- I think this sort of shit, not in, like I say, not in this dramatized sense, went on, but I, I'm sure there was lots of underhanded shit, and that, that's why you know, there's all these regulations and stuff. But I was reading a, a book, it was actually, it must have been around, around the early 2010s I was reading it, but it was a book on the 2008 financial crisis. And it was saying that the things that led up to it, I'm sure like the world's GDP tripled in a few years. Right. Yeah. So how does that actually happen? Well, it, it can't, can it? But the the way, the mechanisms that they were using and the, the fact that you had regulations, but they were all so complicated and didn't necessarily join up. So no one, no compliance officer would really, hand on heart, be able to understand them all and follow them all anyway. So so people were just doing mad shit. You know, there, there was ways that, you know, someone's debt, you had the whole subprime thing, didn't you, where people were being sold mortgages that they could never afford to pay back. But that debt is then repackaged up and sold as someone else's savings account. So, you know, the interest that they get paid is the interest from the mortgage kind of thing. And that's my simplified view of some of the shit that goes on. But part of the reason the banks didn't know how much debt they were in is because of all these complicated derivative products that they had, you know, like say this interest. Well, where, where does that actually come from? Oh, it traces back to Joe who makes 20 quid a week and has got a fucking $1 million house. (laughs) It's (laughs) it's fucking bonkers. So yeah, I, I, I do believe like shit like this would go on. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And
0: and I think as well, the way it's framed, Dave, is very good. I think the shot really well. And, and like when Bud sort of gets within the inner circle, I, you know what I found really strange, right? There's a shot in the movie, which is really, really interesting, was when he, he meets Daryl Hannah and they spruce her up a bit, doesn't they? they give her a bit of a funky haircut, you know, she's got a bit of an edge, her makeup's a provocative and everything. She's a very pretty lady. It, there's a shot when, like, Charlie, she, Bud eyeing her up and it shows her back. At first, I was like, is that a boobs? Is it, have, they, have they gone there already? What's this? And it just shows, like, the line of a dress underneath a shoulder blades, And I thought, I don't know why. It just, I was like, that is one of the weirdest fucking shots I've seen in a movie. I, I couldn't work it out. I don't know if I left it in there. But obviously, he follows around, and he? He's intrigued by a, you know... Mm. Very pretty lady, you know, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know if you charmed her. I was going to say that. No, I was <laughs> saying that up there. He charmed me. Well, he fucking did. He got his fucking snake charmer out later, didn't he? Yeah. But, he, um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, because obviously it, it she she's like front and center in the movie that from this point really because we don't really see her till about half an hour in or so but yeah just I don't know I just found that that whole scene in Gecko's place when she's showing him like the art pieces and different things I was really really weird that one back shot I don't know why mm. David. it just really sat with me I, was I like, don't even the know word. which one you mean to be <laughs> exactly honest, but... <laughs> exactly it's just me it's just fucking me picked up on it.
1: I did think it was weird that, I mean, I, I don't know when you have rich, powerful blokes, do they have these kind of hangers-on? Um, you know, these women. It's it's almost like you know a, a a baddie in a movie. You know, they they've got women who, you know, will will go and sleep with someone just because someone else has asked them to. Because yes. before Daryl yes. Hannah's on the scene, you know, someone else had, had gone around giving the interview, and it's well, like, well, you yeah. just they just have these people on on speed dial or something. You know, just because you're a fucking Wall Street banker, yeah. you've got this harem as well that you can just call on. Because um, I don't think that I don't think she was a lady of the night. I think that there's the you know. Daryl Hannah in particular, she's an art dealer, isn't she? But again, mm. there's something going on between her and Gecko. But, you know, and she doesn't want Bud to know. And it's, I just found it all a little bit weird. It is weird. And you know what,
0: Dave? We've sort of done this in parallel with Mr. Destiny. How are we going to link Mr. Destiny and Wall Street together? But ultimately, we've got movies that have a union base to it, Dave, Mm. subplot. So obviously Mr. Destiny, you know, Linda Hamilton's character's wife, she was part of the, uh, you know, the union and all that stuff when 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 LJ moved into that different world. And now we've got this, you know, I mean, you're right about Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen plays a good character in this, you know, he's part of the airline thing. Bud goes to see him and everything, but he's fucking... Quite loose lips in it. Like you say, he yes. gives a lot yeah. away. But obviously it's his son, but like obviously what a wanker of a son he's then fucking offering up all this information to Gecko and and different things. And, uh, you know, they're basically going to drive the fucking company out of business. But what's un- unbelievable is like Martin Sheen seems to be the only one. He's not like the managing that. I know some of the, the people who own the company, coming, but he's like, he seems to be more important than the people who own blue star fucking airlines yeah. because he's a union rep. It was really bizarre, <laughs> yeah. but that relationship with them ultimately is what helps bud, have a, a about a conscience, does not he? Because at this point, he's made a lot of money. He's got the apartment. He's got the lady. He's got the beautiful setting. You know, he, he he's on top of the world. The fucking hair's like basically Gordon Gecko, slick back hair, cut everything. He's just becoming a, a sl- even you know, a slimeball Wall Street. You know, sort of big fish. He's trying, oh, he's trying to. But yeah, that that bit is very fucking loose as a plot. It's just like you've given everything away, you know. And and obviously, Gecko. Then they do that weird thing. Now now I need your help on this, actually, Dave, because I miss missed this. But Gecko give Bud power of attorney, didn't he? Was that to protect Gecko? Because he knew that something was coming with Bud. I couldn't work that out. Was that so, like a
1: So you know you said about the like the tapping up of football players? Yeah, yeah. And there's Premier League rules, so so the club, you can't just go and talk to a player. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, what we'll do is we'll get my agent to talk to your agent. Right. <laughs> and then problem right. solved. And, and then, uh, you know, so, so you get other people to speak on your behalf. And I think, you know, the whole thing with uh, Bud, he's just been set up there again because he's a bit green. He's, you know, young, hungry. The, the thing is, Gordon Gecko would then be able to have plausible deniability, wouldn't he? It's like, yeah. oh, it was, it was Bud who did it. Wasn't me, boss. Wasn't yeah. me, governor. So that's just a way to like keep himself out of prison if it ever came to it. And again, I, I'm pretty sure the people in power, the people who've got the real money, know these little tricks, you know, to keep themselves rich and keep themselves out of prison.
0: Yeah, and, and that, that's what that explains. It. I thought it was something like that because the plot the guys. Because obviously he meets with like Martin Sheen and the union guys, Gecko, doesn't he? And he pitches it like he's mm. trying to help him, but ultimately he's just fucking trying to make as much money as possible, isn't he? He's, he going to dissolve
1: the whole company the yeah, way it is. And I, I, again, I, I found it, I found it really intriguing. Right, I don't. Want to, I want to use a different word to intriguing, but um, interesting because in the last few months, right and this is complete coincidence going back to this movie but it shows i guess things haven't changed that much so the likes of facebook the likes of google have have announced massive job cuts you're talking yes. tens of thousands of people are going to be made redundant from the tech industry what do you think that does to the stock price chris well no. it should
0: drop it, shouldn't it, Dave, if if there's redundancies? Well, that's,
1: that's what intuitively you would think, wouldn't it? It's like, oh, fucking hell, they're getting rid of people. So, you know, that's, that's a bit of shit that, you know, the company must be on the way down. Yeah. No, makes it go up. Makes it go up because people think, oh, they're getting control of their costs. You know, they're getting rid of all these people. So, you know, they're going to make the same amount of money, especially when it's tech. So, you know, if you look at Google, Amazon, you know, all these big tech companies now who shed all of these people, booted them out essentially, then stop, the investors fucking love it. Yeah. So, I you know, and it's just, yeah, I didn't know it up until this year either. And it's like, oh, get out. How mad is that? And, and so I guess you've got Gecko and his sales pitch. You know, I was buying it. It sounded good, didn't it? Like (laughs) all these things that he's going to do, it's like, oh, I think I'd sign up for it. And Martin Sheen, what are you talking about? You know, it sounds like a good deal to me. But then it's when it's clear that that was all just a pitch and, you know, just a, a, a way to get the union on side and then basically strip mine the whole company after that. And that's when Bud has his out of conscience isn't it and you know decides to put this whole plan together where he's gonna basically ruin uh ruin gecko and again i i'd have to watch it again for the actual technicalities of it it's not so so when you think of investing right so if you just buy a stock at say 10 quid and then stock goes up five quid well so, so you buy, you know, he wouldn't obviously yeah. put put his uh, ten quid down. It, it's multiples of that ten quid. It reminds me, do you remember the um, the advert with Crocodile Dundee in it, where the where the guys at the stockbrokers at the bar, and he's like, "Oh, my shares have just gone down twenty pence." <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he puts twenty p on the on the bar. He's like, "No worries." <laughs> <laughs> But well, anyway, so you, and you think that stock price goes up five quid? Well, every share that you own has just you know gone up by fifty yeah. percent. So, it, which when you are putting loads down, could be you know millions, uh, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, whatever. But th- there is these options that Gecko had mentioned, and the rules around those are really weird. Like you don't actually buy the share; you buy an option to buy the share. Or you buy an option to sell the share. And that's where you can end up with real kind of uh, uh, losses. And so I, I can only think that, you know, it, it's something to do with the options because basically they ruin him, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I think with options, I think it's if you buy a put you you'll collect a premium so someone else has bought oh no you sell a put i think someone else collects or you collect a premium from them but it's like you're the bookie then right so if the stock price went down massively then you'd have to buy those shares at the original price even though the shares have dropped massively in value. Loads, and yeah. that's, where, that's where your losses are almost unlimited. Because you know earlier in the movie, Gecko had talked about, oh, I remember when I first made my first 800 million or something, and I was so chuffed with it, but then now I make that in a day. And so you're thinking, well, how can that person really be ruined? You know, yeah, diversify your portfolio is what they say, isn't it? So I, I can only think it was through options, but basically they've, they've got this whole plan. And it's a bit of a fucking stretch, isn't it? Especially with his, with his mate, um, Marvin. Because he's like, yeah. oh, I've got a, got a tip for you. You know, Buy everything with this stock. Yeah, buy, buy, buy. He's ringing up all his uh, contacts Everyone and that buy, be. buy, buy. Yeah. And then he's like, right, now sell. Okay, mate, sell, sell. we got to sell it quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no questioning at all. <laughs> Just, yeah. And I was thinking the people on the other end of the phone, it's like, well, you just told me to fucking buy it. You know, you tell me to sell it straight away. So, yeah, but it all works perfectly. Um Larry, the liquidator, gets gets one over on Gecko, doesn't he? And they, they essentially ruin him. And, and then we get our infamous crying scene, Chris.
0: Well, you know what, though? That, I've been dying to get to that. But you know what's really strange is, obviously, when Gecko knows that he's been shafted and he's lost all the money, as you've just said, and and Bud comes in and thinks, oh, I'm just gonna go back to me. Day job. He walks in, he's fucking mates there, him out of that, that show you said, he was the doctor one in he fucking like, you know, high fives. Him, scrubs. He, scrubs, yeah, yeah, you're right, and all this. And everyone's looking at him like he's got no clothes on, or that he's fucking covered in <laughs> yeah. dog shit or something, Dave. And he's walking through, he's like, Why wouldn't they have just arrested him? At source, he's going to enter the building, just arrest him. He's, his office is at, and he walks through everyone dead slow. The old bloke, you said, he's like mentor. He's like, Yeah, I really like your kid, and all this. Doesn't say, like, Oh, by the way, there's a lot of FBI in there. You fuck, pal. You fuck, and then he walks in, and like you say, the fucking scene when he's crying, it's, I mean, it's almost like the Game of Thrones, the shame scene, Dave. You know, like, I mean, I've never bought into that as a scene. Oh, it's iconic, but when he's crying, I'm just like, what the fuck is this? It's like, this is absolute shit. And I'm thinking, well, why would you cry? Like, I just, I don't get it. I know he's got to fucking get done for it.
1: He's going to get raped in prison. <laughs> Not he's thinking of his virgin little <laughs> asshole. <laughs> now you said that,
0: <laughs> but, but yeah, that's true. But as he's, as he comes out, we then get this massive pan shot of central park. And I've never seen the movie. I knew what was coming at this point. Gecko's in the middle of this fucking massive field in, in, in Central Park. You've got the backdrop of Manhattan there, and then he walks towards him, and it's like a meeting of them both. And then Gecko chins him. But Gecko, Dave, in the middle of Central Park, reveals his whole plan. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's out of the A-Team. or oh, fucking, you know, Scooby-Doo. Oh, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> he reveals his whole plan. And I knew straight away, I thought, Bud's wearing a wire here. He's cooperated with the fucking feds 100% because they don't want Bud. They want the fucking massive shark who's controlling and doing all the insider trading off the books. And what does Michael Douglas do? Because he's emotional at this point. As I've just said, tells him everything, Dave. Fucking everything. But I've got to say, when Bud gets chinned by, you know, Gekob chins him, he walks off. And then, when he's taking the fucking wire off, he's got a fucking massive recording thing in his hand. And <laughs> it's, it's so and clear. It. We were laughing the other week about Next of Kin with the CCTV, how clear it was. It's fucking audio top quality for 87, the way they pick him up, Dave. But then, obviously, we, you know, Gecko obviously was getting arrested and that. But what's interesting, what I found was really weird is the end. So, Martin Sheen's carries his dad, he's, he's driving him to the courthouse. And they're talking about different things. And and Martin Sheen, like, it's his son and everything. And he's like, I'm going to, go to jail. And he goes, well, probably what you deserve, really, son. I'm like, well, yeah. he's fucking, you know, fair play. There's not many parents would do that. And you get that shot of him going up the steps. But I just found that conversation, really, I mean, Martin Sheen's, like, not even asked that. His son's about to get absolutely annihilated in fucking jail. He's just like, well, it's your own fault, really. So I'm not saying it isn't, because it is. But it, that seems really... Harsh. It's sort of like his dad's going, well, you fucks, fuck you. I had a heart attack because of you, and I fucking, you know, the Blue Star fucking aeroplane thing. And then he offers him sort of a job then, doesn't he, going like, oh, there's mm. a job there when you come out, you know. So, yeah, I mean, what did you think of that, Dave? Because I found that ending was a little bit, I don't know, I was expecting more, I think, that last shot, really.
1: I think Martin Sheen's character, his dad, I guess he just comes across as, you know, highly principled And so the fact that you know what his son had done, even though he was his son, he kind of feels like, well, yeah, you've got to take your medicine now. You know, so I I didn't find it that strange or out of out of sync with everything that had gone before. And again, I feel like I I seem to remember watching a movie with Richard Gere very much along this kind of. Theme of like breaking up companies, buying up companies just to kind of strip mine them, kind of thing, and 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 like competing ideologies, and and like the eighties was a time of excess, wasn't it? Yeah, and then it all went a little bit shit in the the kind of early nineties. But I I feel like you had a sh- some more balance, you know, to to this movie in particular between that kind of capitalist view and uh you know make as much money as possible and then you know the martin sheen's characters you know he's very much for the workers isn't he? he's you know uh, more of a socialist kind of thing and and so i i just don't feel like i've seen anything of that in modern movies and this is a couple of years before the berlin Wall came down wasn't it so you know you almost wonder well does that is that because people think capitalism won and then that's why you know we can do what, whatever we want and you know in the UK we fucking treat unions with utter disdain now don't we the, the government does yeah. so i don't know i just i just that was my takeaway from it was you know martin sheen was representing the unions you know not just the union in the movie but unions in general for the movie
0: yeah, that's that's interesting. Think of it like that. Hmm. I'm going. To, I'm definitely going to find out some more about this, Dave. I'm going to have to go on a little rabbit hole. I think nice. he deserves it. So, are you finished, Dave? Are is, we...
1: is that after you've watched Hit Monkey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm never let you leave. Shut the. F- <laughs> <laughs> Should we my get into our final review? <laughs> yeah,
0: my empty promises. Let's go. So, Dave, after that blasphemous comment before the, uh, you know, we're going to this end review bit. I think, so so as we're talking about it, like, it's a really interesting movie. Uh, There's loads of stuff going on here. And and having watched Wolf of Wall Street all these years later and absolutely loved it, I know they it made it more glamoury, more about the glamour and that, didn't it? You know the cars, the women, the drugs, yeah. everything. You know, Th- this was more the grit and how it can change. Car, Mike, You know, Michael Douglas's character is is so good, Gordon Gecko. He is iconic. I can totally understand why people reference him, and it's probably one of his his best roles. Uh, but like I say, Charlie Sheen's fucking rubbish. He's absolute garbage for me. He's just, he, he really is weak. And what I found really strange, Dave, when I was like, you're looking down watching it, you're looking at your phone or whatever. Martin Sheen, obviously is his dad. You know, Emilo Estevez is the double of his dad. And Charlie Sheen, he is like his dad in some respects, but I found it really difficult. Never. Cause obviously he's, he's younger. Martin Sheen's obviously mid forties at this point or something in this movie. Mm they sound so alike. So there were certain yeah. scenes. If you're not watching the screen, the dialogue doesn't make sense because I thought it was Charlie Sheen talking, but, and it wasn't, it was his dad and vice versa, you know, when they were interacting. Right, so right. I found that really strange. I, I'm picking up, but that's my own fault for not looking at the screen. You know, you're dicking around on your phone or someone rings or you're doing so you go to the toilet and you've got it playing. There was bits where I was like, Oh shit, I don't know who said that. So that might just be me. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I think it's a great movie. I think I think it really is a good movie, and it, it definitely deserves another watch, but I'm going to watch it more for the comedy value of Charlie Sheen, I think, than the, the story <laughs> of it all. I think watching it once is enough, but just for going... I'm going to go down the rabbit hole and read stuff and not hit monkey, David, as you've just said. We don't <laughs> need that sort of abuse, okay? So I'm going to put it in the middle, Dave. I think it's a hill valley. Totally understand it. One of the most iconic VHS covers of the 80s, without a doubt. It was always in the video shop. Uh, yeah, just good movie. And and really want to find out how true some of this story is, just for my own personal,
1: mm. um, putting a full stop on it. So what about yourself, Dave? So I, I must admit, uh, watching the movie, I, I really enjoyed it. I did feel the length a little bit, as uh, Bud Fox would do later <laughs> in the <person. laughs> So it's not boasting about length, Dave. Right. So, <laughs> but I tell you what, especially like talking through it now, it's made me more enthused to go and watch the, the sequel. Yeah. I know that's years later, and also Wolf of Wall Street as well. I, I can't watch that again. Soon. It's <laughs> so brilliant. it's fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, I I bloody love this. I, I found yeah apart from charlie sheen's terrible acting at times i thought the the way it's shot i thought the way it's set up the 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 whole payoff but head and shoulders for me above everything else is michael douglas's performance as gordon gecko the whole speech that he gives to the the sales pitch that he gives to that company where basically you've got the board of directors saying look Gordon Gecko just wants to strip mine this company. He's gonna take it down a, a negative route. This is not the best thing for the company. And he's got all the shareholders there. But by the end of his speech, his greedy is good speech, they're just eating out of the palm of his hand. You know, he's talking about the the profits that they've made and you know, most of the shareholders they invest into it to get payback, you know? And so I I just thought his performance was just captivating. And so for me, this is a pleasant bill i think it, it i i maybe even uh because it's such a different movie to the ones that are our normal sweet spot i i could see people watching this like say people who end up working in wall street and and uh canary wharf in london and stuff who would watch this and it'd be a, a, a the top of the pile for them you know it'd be a a, a cloud city but for me, it's a pleasant bill. I think it's really, really good, really solid, and again, it, it does leave you with the the thoughts and the questions about what really goes on. And uh, yeah, I, I just really loved it as as a bit of a different pick from our normal uh, our normal well. Well, David,
0: it's almost like you
1: segued into
0: that one because, and thank you for picking this one, mix. I haven't I finally ticked it off my list to say I've actually watched it. It's a Patreon pick, Dave, and it's our great friend Susan, Dave. And she has picked, well, I've got a feeling this could be a bit of a gem, Dave. We're (laughs) going back to our roots on the VHS Strikes Back. We're going back for some martial arts goodness, Dave. And not only that, the year I was born in 1978, Dave. So this one for next week is the 36th Chamber of Shaolin. So shall we get into the trailer?
1: Let's go. Classic
0: martial arts music, day
1: <laughs> and the shaky <laughs> title. <that> someone's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone's just painted on the on the it's camera. Oh, Chris, Hello. we are talking here. Ah, <laughs> oh, I've seen this. Have you? Yeah. I think parts of this were, yeah. This bit, it's iconic. I'm sure, you know. I keep going on about that Alexa Sale Kung Fu Night. It's on this. I'm sure there's bit, there's clips of this in that. Yeah. Oh, oh
0: no! <laughs> 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 From Arm Chamber.
1: They could do with the trailer, guy To be fair. Yeah. It's just me, you talking, in it? This is literally a four-minute trailer as well. Rich Chamber Dave.
0: You know what though, it's kids though,
1: we've believed all this shit. Oh, it swallowed it up. You see them all now, don't you? Where you've got like Kung Fu Master, Heist, MMA. (laughs) They get leathered, don't they? This is the Glasgow (laughs) fucking headbutt. The the... (laughs) (laughs) The
0: boxing chamber, Dave. Yeah. Not Muhammad Ali box like that, (laughs) Dave. Yeah. Oh, what is this? <laughs> so, basically, when it says the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, it's showing us... The, you know,
1: that, that is, we're going we're through every, every single one of the chambers in the trailer. Yeah. And it's basically revealed in the film they... I think it's just a massive training montage, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this,
0: this is on there about three or four times. On YouTube, you know, like the trailer. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I don't think there would have been trailer guys for this one. Thirty-sixth chamber of Shower. <laughs> We're still going. That was good. That.
0: Yes. Say what, though, Dave? Massive production. Loads of people. Looks like it's expensive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I want to I want to know Susan's backstory how she ends up watching this one babe
1: the belt of it I, I reckon she's probably reeling from the pasting we gave pandemonium <laughs> 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 pandemonium <laughs> you won't kill
0: him I mean, oh. we've got a four-minute trailer. The movie's
1: probably on for about an hour and 20 days. It probably reveals all the best bits, sis. It does look like that, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we're at the three-minute mark now. We've got 40 seconds left. This is, And I tell you what, I am not watching the uh, subtitle version. Oh. To get the full experience, I am watching the dubbed version. <laughs> I've got a feeling this is going to be on YouTube as well, isn't it? Uh, I think Susan said it might be on Amazon. Oh, is it? Oh. I'll you right now,
0: <laughs>
1: That is going to be amazing. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. That looks, uh, that looks really good. You know, and I think... I'm not sure I have seen the whole movie... I've definitely seen the clips. I recognise the clips, but yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to this one, Chris. Oh my god, this is going to be unbelievable!
0: You know what? You, know, you look on Amazon thingy actually. Oh, it's a oh, it's a rent or buy on Amazon. It's right, some right. And now we're in fifty two, Dave. It's th- three three pound
1: forty nine on uh, Amazon. Nice. So yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see. So, 1978, that one. This is in my proper, you know, sweet spot of Hong Kong kung fu movies. Yeah, yeah. This is this is all me. So, yeah, you. really looking forward to this one.
0: No, massive thanks, um, and Dave, great pick today. Really had a good time with that. Good fun actually. Uh, if you want to email us, guys, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, at h s Strikes Back. As always, get over to patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. If you do want to support the podcast a little bit more, massive thank you to all of our Patreons. Honestly, it's really, really good. Everyone who's supported us over the years, past and present, we do appreciate everybody who's um, you know, loves listening to the podcast. So thank you so much. So today's roll call of honour is Helen, Dylan, Stephen, Trent, Dan, Justin, Susan, Timothy, Matt, Heath, Kent, Lucky Lulu Green, Herb, Jax, Math, The plate, John Hammond, and Mr. Tony Farina. So thank you so much, guys, for all your support. Crackers, Dave. I I need to get my, my thinking hat on, Dave, because when it's my pick next time, I've got to pick some shit, definitely. I've got to pick <laughs> I mean, a real Chris Felt special. I've, <laughs> I've really... I've, I've tried to gazump you with movies, and I've ended up coming away more annoyed than fucking you. You're getting my picks next of kin. No, there's been a few now. I've let myself down, so I really need to pull one out the bag. And and you know, what you say about Charlie Sheen, Dave. Before, have you ever seen Men at Work? Uh, his name and, rings
1: a bell, but I, I don't it, know.
0: Well, it's him and his brother Emilio Estevez. has been Men, Dave. In oh, I remember the cover. Yeah, yeah I yeah. remember watching that. That's a terrible movie, but just just throwing it out there, Dave. That I do hot shots at some point. Yeah, Hot Shots. was The first one was great. The second one, not so good. i tell you which one we need to do, actually. and I know we're talking out loud here. We've got to do Naked Gun at some point.
1: What a oh, fucking yeah. film that is! I <laughs> love that Rabbit. film. What a legend! The
0: first one is out. The best. I love the baseball scene when he's the fucking umpire. <laughs> Strike, and he's doing the fucking moonwalk and the splits and everything. I love it. I absolutely love that film. The first one. What a fucking film that is. So at some point I'll we'll have to do that. But no, I'm gonna have to. Really put my thinking on and uh, pull some out the bag. But it's kept me talking long enough, Dave, to say, What are you going to take us out with today? <laughs> oh,
1: Chris. Well, I mean, it's so tempting to finish with the greed is good, but I mean, I can't really finish on that. Such a negative, iconic, but, uh, you know, damning statement, you know, to, to hang your hat on. So I'll finish with this one by Lou. And it simply says The main thing about money, bud, is that it makes you do things you don't want to do thank you very much sir i'll speak to you (laughs) next time (laughs) bye
0: that's it man game over man it's game over what the fuck are we gonna do now what are we gonna do
1: maybe we could build a fire sing a couple of songs huh why don't we try that we better get back because it'll be dark soon and they mostly come at night mostly i'll be back that's not we
0: came we saw we kicked its ass wax on it's open
1: One to ring the the All right. Ding, ding. Bust you up. Go for it.
0: Well, here we go. It's over. Okay. It's over. Okay. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid yeah, fool. Yeah, I'm you. stupid fool. ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool, He's stupid. I'll see you
1: in the weeks. I must break it.